Women in White Coats is here to uplift women doctors just like you. Empowering you in your personal and professional life. I'm Dr. Amber Robbins. And I'm Dr. Archana Shrestha. We are doctors, best-selling authors, and the co-founders of Women in White Coats. Now, are you ready for a culture shift where women empower women? Join us to get a glimpse of what life is like as a woman doc. And guess what? You'll discover that you're not alone. We're here to give you positivity and keys to balancing your life. This is the Women in White Coats podcast. We don't want to see women doctors burn out. Instead, we want to see them burn bright. That is exactly why we created the Women in White Coats Physician Wellness Program to help women doctors overcome feelings of burnout, overwhelm, and exhaustion, rekindle their passion for medicine, and create better work-life integration and more fulfilling relationships. Sister Doc, we invite you to join us in a unique three-month-long journey back to yourself as we dive deep into the root of burnout and help you find more joy and fulfillment in all areas of your life. You'll even earn CME. To learn more, go to womeninwhitecoats.com forward slash wellness and let's burn bright together. Now back to the episode. Welcome to the Women in White Coats podcast. I'm Dr. Marion McCrary, co-host of the podcast. And today we're going to finish our conversation with the Women in White Coats nominees, Dr. Angie Beltzos, Ellen Hayes, and Ruhi Jelani. We started our conversation last episode, and today we're going to talk more about their practice and their message for patients, as well as pearls for women in white coats who are interested in becoming reproductive endocrinology and infertility specialists. I'd love to also hear about um, your message for your patients um, and women who may not be your patients, but who are experiencing difficulty getting pregnant. Um, I know you all have kind of several centers of excellence and different aspects of that. And so I would love to hear you highlight um, some of those things that you can do for women and talk a little bit about how common that is as well. Dr. Beltzos, can I call on you first again? Yeah, I um, had looked at different areas of our specialty and you realize that a lot of times um, if you have a condition like Ruhi was sharing polycystic ovarian syndrome, and when you label things, they become more clear for your patient. And I'm going to use the word customer. Um, and it's really important, no matter whether you work for a non-for-profit or you work in a university or you work at a private practice, it's very important that you exist and that you have resources for your team. So women, we need to also think like business women and entrepreneurs, no matter what your role, uh, and think about being 
that leader. So when we talk about our centers of excellence, we've kind of highlighted certain areas that might affect women, like recurrent pregnancy loss, like uh, trying to preserve your fertility. A lot of doctors finish residency. We've spent you know, many years trying to be educated and a lot of women have delayed getting pregnant and preserving your eggs could be an opportunity in the future to have children if you need them. Um, and we've also focused on male reproductive health, polycystic ovarian syndrome and fertility wellness. So with that, maybe um, what we could do for the audience is just share a little bit about what's important in some of it. We've given each physician um, that area of their expertise to focus on. And I think it's been really helpful it, the other thing it does in your specialty is kind of formalize the process for the, the nurses and the financial team and the treatment options. So I think maybe they could also talk about their areas. Mine happens to be PCOS, but Ruhi or Ellen, do you want to talk about your area? I can, I can talk about mine. So I do my area of expertise or center of excellence is fertility preservation. And I think one of the biggest things that kind of drew me to BIOS is how important it was for us to educate our patient. And I think that's very, very unique to BIOS. I think when you go into most fertility doctors and having gone to a lot of fertility doctors, it becomes, this is what we're doing because you're infertile. No one really telling you the why, like, well, you keep telling me there's eggs and there's sperm, what, what's going on? And what I found really, really informative was being proactive and setting expectations. And I know that's something we really hone in on educating our patient, helping them understand their why, and also helps set expectations. And I think that's where like AMWA fertility survey comes in because the goal is, well, if we know physician and fertility is one in four versus one in eight, how are you going to be proactive? And that goal of that survey is to say, well, how do we get our GME to start covering fertility preservation? How do we go from, you know, not only that transition period and telling you when you're in residency working 80 plus hours a week to say, oh, now you need to freeze your eggs, even if we got coverage. So where's that transition period where it'd be an optimal time to bring in fertility preservation and in hopes that ultimately educating everybody, not just pre-meds and med students, but we'll start seeing more fertility preservation and proactive instead of reactive and infertility. And I know Dr. Hayes and Dr. Beltzos are huge on this, like being our own advocates and how do you protect our fertility? Yeah, so you're talking about just, you know, starting these conversations and having the ability to talk with your patients and yeah. also, you know, let women physicians know that they're at higher risk for this. And so you mentioned the survey that the American Medical Women's Association is currently doing as we're recording this to try to hear all the stories about for women physicians and the difficulties or non-difficulties they've had getting pregnant. Yeah, so, and those, come on yeah. That. yeah, and some of those stories are so inspiring. We tagged a lot of the doctors who were um, very open about their journeys and they're truly phenomenal women who basically at the end of the day said, well, we were trying to get some, you know, achieve our career goals or aspirations. And this kind of fell to the side, but it became very challenging when family building. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm oh, sorry to interrupt. I agree that 
ovarian aging and understanding fertility preservation is such a huge priority um, and such an important thing to talk about when we're speaking to other physicians, med students, physicians in training. Um, it certainly falls far down on the list day to day because you're just trying to make it to the end of the day and get some sleep, right? Um, but it's important that we don't forget for years and years in a row, because I think these are the women that are devoting their lives to educating themselves and taking care of other people. We don't want them to reach the point in time where they're ready to start another chapter of their life and start their family and have never heard this information. So I think Dr. Jelani's Center of Excellence is immensely important. I myself am um, director of the Fertility Wellness Center of Excellence at Vios. And I think that that's another important topic because as Americans become sadly less and less healthy, and I think physicians are guilty of that as well because we're so short on time, our job is to learn more about the aspects that the patient can control in their fertility journey to really optimize either their natural fertility or their outcomes with fertility treatment that we provide. So we're looking at things like what types of food should we eat? How much exercise? How much sleep do we need? Should we be timing when we eat? What kinds of supplements may help male and female partners? Um, and a really, really important topic as well would be environmental toxins that kind of falls under my jurisdiction as well. And so I think that even other physicians, again, are not aware of all of the endocrine disrupting chemicals that we're exposed to. And how do we minimize that to protect our fertility and then optimize fertility when we're ready to try? So our fertility center of wellness is really designed to help those cases that are either unexplained and really frustrating for patients. Maybe there's another spin we can take on things along with fertility treatment, but also just in general, understanding our, our health and wellness as female physicians. Yeah. I think yeah. that's huge. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I was going to say to Dr. Hayes's point, I think they kind of tie in together. Like she was saying with fertility preservation, and why there was a study that showed that they controlled for age because most people are like, well, female physicians are older when they go into childbearing. And like Dr. Hayes said, after controlling for age, it still did not account. It still was one in four versus one in eight. And a lot of the hypothesis on there was circadian rhythm disruptions, not having well-balanced meals, having a constant stress state in our body. Yeah, it's just, it um, is evidence that it's so important to do the research in these areas, to learn more about it, and then to try to put this education out there in ways like this and in scientific journals and in all the ways that we know we can, we can get that message across. We hope you're enjoying this podcast episode. Let's take a quick commercial break. Have you ever felt like you've achieved career success as a doctor, but you're not happy? Like you sacrifice so much to arrive at the promised land, but then you look around and you think, is this it? 
Maybe you're going through things that your male colleagues just don't get. That even though you wear a white coat, people don't realize you're a doctor at all. It can be exhausting. Well, we get you and we know what you are going through. We just held our 2021 Women in White Coats virtual CME conference, and the women doctors who attended left feeling uplifted and empowered, and as though they had finally found a community of other women doctors who understand exactly what they are going through. Here's what women docs had to say about the experience. What a great conference. I'm still on cloud nine after attending. The unconditional love I found in this community was incredible. I'm taking away so much from this conference. I absolutely loved it. Well, Sister Doc, I want to let you know that if you missed the live conference, don't worry. You can still watch all the replays, earn CME, and experience the magic of our events. Simply go to womeninwhitecoats.com forward slash virtual con, V-I-R-T-U-A-L-C-O-N to learn more. Now back to the podcast. Thank you all so much. I, I know there are women listening to us today who um, may be interested in this same field and would love to know where to start. So for our medical students who are, are ready to be women in white coats and our residents who are already, but really wanna know a little bit more about this field, are there any pearls that you would give those women on how to, how to get started and how to set themselves up to be able to do this fellowship and to do this career? I would say one of the things is to find a mentor uh, maybe someone that is in your community, uh, maybe it's at in your university or your, your program you're in, and also don't be afraid to reach out. The world is so small uh, today that even with social media and other opportunities, you can become friends uh, with, with people that are in the field and that are moving the field forward. So I would encourage, you know, having conversations with, um, with some of the, the big names in the field or in social media, like Ellen Hayes and like Ruhi Jelani. Um, and I think that can be very impactful. Another thing that's going to be really important for women and men who want to become reproductive endocrinologists is to do research. Research will help someone stand apart um, from some other colleagues that may not have that opportunity. At Vios Fertility, we have, uh, for pre-med, we, um, we have gap year uh, students who spend a year with us and do research and clinical medicine and have these unique opportunities to have face-to-face -face conversations. I remember when I was a med student and they were like, go talk to that patient. I felt like I was an inconvenience. I was like, I'm sorry, but I have to ask you a question. Um, you know, you're feeling like you're not really part of that care. Uh, and it's a little awkward when you're talking about OBGYN topics too, because it's about people's business, you know, and their, their business, both of those things. And it, it's uh, intimate 
it's private. And so it takes a while to kind of find your groove. So as your pre-med med, but there are a lot of docs here on this that probably are attendings, but also residents. So I would encourage research and maybe Ruhi wants to comment on that and Ellen um, as well. Thank you. Yeah, I think research is key. So if you're looking to get into OB-GYN and REI, one of the biggest things that REIs look at that sets you apart, like Dr. Bledsoe said, is research. Um, we do 18 months dedicated research and fellowship. I know they're looking to see if that's still needed, but a lot of it's focused on the unknown, right? There's so much, like you find the perfect embryo, you do genetic testing, your lining looks great, you even do receptivity, and then you don't implant. Um, so we truly don't know what happened. So I think the field, even if you just look back, I know as a med pre-med med student in that program that we have here, gap year, I did something very similar to that a long time ago. And I know it just kept on perpetuating my desire to become those doctors saying, okay, I want to help solve this and seeing all this innovation and meds change from year to year, names of treatments changing from year to year. Um, and Ellen, would you agree with? I would totally agree. I agree with both of you. I think that um, it's a competitive field, no doubt. And that's because it's a fascinating and amazing field and a lot of people want to do it. So I would say start thinking about ways to set yourself apart early and research is a huge way to do that. And as Dr. Beltzos mentioned, meeting people, knowing people, just understanding the field a little bit better than the average med student or resident does is really beneficial. Um, but just advocate for yourself. Don't be shy. Those of us in this field love what we do and we love talking about it, obviously. <laughs> and so reach out and, and talk with us about it. And we can tell you more specifically what our lives are like, what our career is like, and and then, you know, spend time with physicians in that subspecialty. Thank you guys so much for being here today. I really am honored to talk to all three of these wonderful physicians um, at the same time, and just to really honor them for being women in white coats heroes. After talking with them today, I can certainly see why. And um, I love the conversation that you have with just the you know, the passion that you have for your patients and what you do, the culture that you've created in your practice and your um, ability to educate, to continue to learn and educate others. And um, I'll finish up with just that great comment of you make babies and you do it for women and families who are having a hard time doing that. And it's so special. So I just, um, I thank you all for, for what you do. And I'd love to finish up with just giving you each a chance if there was something that you want to leave the listeners with, um, just a short, um, short inspiration. I'd love to finish that way. So I'll sure, call. I'll start. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, I would say just, you know, keep in mind that the sooner the better when it comes to fertility, just like I mentioned for the students and residents interested in our field, if you are a patient, a fertility patient, or think you may need to be, advocate for yourself. Find a physician that you bond with, that you communicate well with, and don't delay because the sooner you get to someone like us, the more we can do to help. 
and we want to help. Thank you. Dr. Jelani, any last words of wisdom for our listeners? Yeah, so two-sided. Two One is for the med student listening to this, hoping to become a woman in white coat and practice REI. Um, never, no sky is your limit. There's a hundred ways to get to your endpoint. We constantly hear you have to do this X, Y, and Z in a certain pattern or order. It's never too late. Um, if this is your passion, fulfill it. We only have one life. So you can and will achieve if this is what you want. Kind of like Dr. Hayes said at six, she knew she did it. Um, so whenever you know this is what you want to do, do it. Don't let anything stop you. And for that patient, I think just seeing my amazing partners and hearing what they say in their journeys and um, what they offer their parent patients. And for me as a patient, it's hope that there's always hope one way or another, we kind of get tied in. How are we going to get there? But remember what you wanted and where you started and how you're going to end up. And there's a million ways to build a family. Thank you. And Dr. Beltzos, I'll let you, you finish up our conversation today. Um, I want to thank you so much for this honor and privilege to be on your podcast. It's such a popular, amazing forum to create a force in women in white coats. So thank you first off for having me and my VIOS partners here tonight. I think one of the um, important things is this dichotomy that has to be created between being confident and capable and humbleness and gratefulness. So always keep your heart and your mind open to being a student of life. Um, check your ego at the door, um, come to your patient because they will teach you so much every day. And that's why they call it the practice of medicine because we are constant lifelong learners. Thank you all so much for Thank being you. with us. You are so fun. This is amazing. Yes. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, what an honor. Thank you very much. Hi there, Women Docs. We hope you've been loving this podcast and feel uplifted at the end of each and every episode. If so, we would really appreciate it if you could give us a five-star rating and write us a positive review. Those reviews help us get the word out and help uplift and empower more women doctors. But you know what? We'd love to meet up with you in person. So head on over to womeninwhitecoats.com and sign up to become a member of our supportive tribe. When you do, you will be the first to hear about meetups in your area, as well as upcoming live events. You'll also get our latest blog articles and podcasts delivered straight to your inbox. And you'll be the first to find out about the next time we open up our virtual Doctors Lounge, an online membership community created just for women doctors, where each month we run masterclasses with guest experts and masterminds on topics relevant to women doctors. While you're on our website, womeninwhitecoats.com, order your copy of our number one best-selling book, The Chronicles of Women in White Coats. Oh, and be sure to follow us on social media too. On Instagram, you'll find us at Women in White Coats blog. And on Facebook, you can find us at Women in White Coats. Can't wait to meet up soon.